0: Given everything, it's not bad.
1: (laughs) Given everything, indeed. There is a lot going on this year. And this week, we're not recording about coronavirus that we were trying to be topical about in the past. There's other things going on in the world right now.
0: Yeah. You know, we're dealing with the civil unrest, which is absolutely justified. I want to talk about personal power and the civil unrest, and I want to talk about how personal power plays into this process and why everybody's suddenly all up in arms when they haven't been in any of the other times that people were killed that shouldn't have been killed.
1: At least not to this extent. Here, we're seeing an explosion of it that is massive. Exactly.
0: It's being galvanized around the world, not just in the U.S. Exactly.
1: Which is wonderful and, and heartbreaking at the same time.
0: Right. You know, I just want to talk about how change happens on a large scale, Mm -hmm. because, you know, part of what I do with people is I walk people through change. That's who I am. I'm the change girl. Yep. When you can understand why change happens the way it does, and when you can understand what the elements are of change and how to leverage The momentum that's out there, then you have the potential to be able to effect change in the future. Okay. When you're dealing with a group, you're dealing with a different dynamic than when you're dealing with an individual. So I want to talk about first, why is it suddenly exploding right now? And the reason it's suddenly exploding is because we have spent the last few months in quarantine feeling helpless and out of control. And there was nothing any of us could do to fix it. Right. And this shows up and we go, this I can fix. (laughs) Right. And all of this energy that we've had, all of this angst that we've had for the last few months is being directed towards this change. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great thing for this to be directed towards, but if you're wondering why now, this is why now, okay? Everybody is angsty and upset from being in quarantine, and now this gives us a focus that can be a positive directed focus for that already established angst and upset. And fantastic that this is the the direction that it got pushed in because it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. But when you're understanding change, this is why it's happening this way right now. Number two, what is the challenge that people are going to be experiencing as they work through this process and try to make change in their local area? Because I want to be clear, this is a local area change. This is not a national change because police departments are locally funded and locally managed. And there are, like, I listened to President Obama talk about this, and uh, he said uh, 19,000 different communities in which police departments exist. And so the change has to happen on a local level. As you're dealing with this, you know, I want to point out one of the things that happened in a previous uprising which was the Occupy Wall Street movement. You had all these people who came out and protest for months and months and months, and it never changed anything. And the reason it didn't change anything is because the protest had no focus. There was no mission. They were pushing against something, but they were not directing towards something else. And so long as you are only pushing against what you don't want and not providing a, a thing that you do want, that no change will ever happen. All you're doing is fueling the thing that you're fighting against because that's where you're putting your energy. Okay. The energy that you're putting is into the, the push away, not into the creation of something new. And so... As you're out there, and I know you guys are out there <laughs> because you guys are my do it people, right? And I know every single one of you is going, what do I What do? What do, I, do? I don't I do know what to do. What do I do? How do I do something, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you on this podcast what you can do. And we're going to focus on exactly how it can get done in, a, in an efficient fashion.
1: Before we move too far, you made the point that it was a local issue. Obviously, we're talking specifically about the use of power of law enforcement officers, specifically in this case. Mm-hmm. But does the underlying uh, existence of the systemic racism within a society have anything to do to fuel that? And does that add to more than just a local element? Or is this really truly a focused unrest?
0: So, yes. And. Okay. Okay. You need to focus on what you can actually change. Okay. So changing people's minds about race is much more difficult than changing public policy about race. Okay. You start with what you can change easily. Take your low hanging fruit, take Mm -hmm. advantage of this moment in history, because it's not going to come anytime soon again. So let's focus on public policy change, because that can be used to affect other change, but At the moment, we need to stop people from dying. That needs to be our focus. Okay. Changing the minds and hearts of the the people within the community is a different issue. And that is something that... Is more propaganda and and early education and you know, that sort of thing based, right? You have to you have to change the way people see things. And and some of that is happening through the media now mm-hmm. because you're seeing people of color in different roles that are not specifically people of color roles, right? And that's how you normalize society is you you don't stereotype people. And when you just treat people as people in media, then that helps to normalize it within the minds of the people consuming the media. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's its own thing. And that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, But for now, I want to focus on how we can leverage this energy Mm -hmm. to create a better outcome and to save lives. Okay. And so from this perspective, as you're looking at, at changing things, you want to focus on if you're out, well, not necessarily out, <laughs> because you can do this from your home, and, and I encourage you to do so. But if you're engaged with the people who are looking to make change, um, you know whether they're a nonprofit or an activist group or whatever, help to direct the conversation towards what do we actually want to happen? It's not enough to say this isn't okay. We need to say, how do we want to make a change? Jeff and I watched the PBS News interview with President Obama, and he was saying that there was a whole report that they had come out with during his administration that showed what actually made change work in police departments and that is available on his website at Obama.org. And so I would really encourage you to share that report with whomever you're talking to who's in these these groups, and help them to, to define a purpose for the movement, that it shouldn't just be fighting against, it needs to be fighting towards change.
1: Fighting for, not fighting against.
0: Exactly. And so when you do that, there needs to be not just a promise of change, but a follow-through on change. Right. What I would also encourage you to do is to say, okay, I need to get X number of volunteers who are willing to not just make calls today, but to make calls every single month until the change has happened. And that is how you enforce change, is that you keep the momentum moving. If the movement stops, you light a fire under it again, right? And that requires consistent ongoing action. So why am I coming on to a spiritual podcast and talking to you about making change and structuring and things like that? And the reason for that is that we all feel out of control right now. We all feel very much like we don't know what to do. And there's only so much standing up and yelling is going to do. You know, you want to actually affect change. You want to make a difference. We all want to make a difference. And so making a difference is taking back control. Mm -hmm. The other piece of the puzzle here, and this is the other side of the coin, right, is you were asking me about hearts and minds. As you're talking to the police departments, if you want them to hear you, you need to be able to stand on their side of things and understand where they're coming from, too. If you yell at someone, you cannot expect them to learn while you're yelling at them. One of the things that we really stress in the programs that, that I run is safety within the container. And the reason that safety within the container is so important is that if you feel unsafe in a situation, there is absolutely no way for you to grow, whether you want to or not. And you're dealing with people who may or may not want to grow, right. you need to make sure they feel safe. In the conversation, because if they don't, regardless of whether they want to, they're not going to grow because they're going to spend all their energy defending themselves so that they feel safe. Yep. And when they defend themselves, they defend their existing thought patterns and their existing policies. And so this is the other reason why it's really important as a protester that you stand in your power and not in your victim, because... When you're in your victim, you're pointing at other people and and blaming. And so long as you are pointing and blaming, you have no power to change it.
1: Okay, let's take a second here and make sure that people understand what you mean when you say don't stand in your victim. You're not saying that in, in their lives they've not been victimized. You're saying that there's a difference between where that power comes from.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm saying that so long as you are standing in the place going, you did this to me, it's all your fault, I hurt. Mm-hmm. You are passing your power to the other person. If you stand in your power, the difference is when you stand in your power, you say, this was done to me and it's unacceptable. Okay, you see the difference. Yep. This was done to me and I will not stand for it anymore. That is standing in your power. That is not Passing your power to somebody else and saying, you hurt me, I feel my pain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No good ever comes from asking someone else to feel your pain because they don't want to feel it. Right. I don't care how much they you want them to, they don't want to feel it. The only way to really affect change is to stand in your power and say, this is unacceptable and it will change. And this is how we're going to change it. And I'm going to stand here until we reinforce that. This is, I am the immovable rock on which your backs will be broken. That is different than standing in the victim role. And when you can stand from that place and hold your own space, you don't have to yell and scream at people. You just simply have to say, this will not be, and we need to make change, and let's figure out together how that's going to work, because we're making the change.
1: And stepping out of the victim from a power perspective, is not in any way relieving the person who has harmed someone of the responsibility of their acts. And people sometimes get confused by that. They say, well, if I'm stepping out of my victim, they're no longer hurting because they hurt me. And it's not true. Your power comes from you. It doesn't come from handing it over to them.
0: Precisely. When you're standing in that space, you're now having the conversation from a place of this will change – It's not a question. You don't get the option anymore of whether or not this will change. This is changing. Mm -hmm. Now let's work together to figure out how, how to make it work. Right. And that's where you look at the statistics and you see what actually works and you see what's been tried and didn't work. And you don't insist on the things that didn't work. You know, you want to look at what actually works and make sure that that gets put in place. You know, a lot of that's about de-escalation training, A lot of that's about changing the way the police see the the communities in which they police. It's a lot about about how we profile people. And it's seeing people as people, not as stereotypes again, not as profiles again. You know, you have to be able to understand from both sides of the equation. You have to understand that a police officer walking into a situation that they don't know what's going to happen their life could be at risk. And that's where they're going to come at it from is that they, their lives may be at risk. And so you have to understand that that's where they're starting from and not unreasonably. So when they come into an unknown situation, if you were that police officer, you would be cautious as well. And when we are afraid for our lives, we get adrenaline rushes and then we need to learn how to address those. And that's part of what de escalation training I assume is about is how to manage an adrenaline rush and not have it impact your your decision making ability, because remember, when we're afraid, we lose ten IQ points.
1: That's a key thing here: is it's not necessarily that the police officers being uh, hyper vigilant when they walk into a situation is bad. That is not. That is part of right. their job. That is part of their training.
0: Mm-hmm. It saves their lives on occasion.
1: Yes, you know the issue here is the ability to de-escalate, and we don't see. And again, this is not people versus police. This is this is a situation of specific officers who are not able to deescalate and are creating these issues because they are in a position of power to do so.
0: Right. Who are not able or who choose not to deescalate. Let's be honest. And that's exactly
1: goes to the earlier point that I made about about the underlying hearts and minds
0: piece. Yeah. And what it comes down to is if a police department discovers that they have a racist police officer That should be grounds for removing them from the field, if not firing them, because that is a danger to the public safety. It just is. You know, how do you police somebody's mind?
1: That's the hard part here.
0: That's the other side of the coin is how do you police somebody's mind? And so, you know, unless they make it obvious, you don't have any way of saying that, of knowing that. Then it becomes a judgment call on the part of the the police commissioner. There is a an article on medium.com called 75 things white people can do to help change. I don't remember. I'll find it. I'll post it in the show notes for you. There's, there's a list of 75 ways to, to get involved. And as of the time that I read it, they're updating it on a regular basis. As of the last time I read it, they were not talking about doing a lot of stuff locally in terms of contacting your mayor who is responsible in many cases for the appointment of police commissioner and contacting the police department and joining the use of force review board, which most police departments have. And there's usually civilian seats on those boards. I looked into it in Richmond. It requires a 26-hour training course and some other course. And, you know, it limits you to two years. And so, you know, you got to want it Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to but getting on the board is a worthwhile thing to do if that's something that you feel strongly about. They're talking about legalizing marijuana as being, or at least decriminalizing it as being a goal because people of color are are arrested at a rate of five times that for people who are white who are caught with marijuana. And so it's not that they want to legalize the drug, they just want to take away the ability to use it as an excuse to, to arrest people. And spiritually, I think all of you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening to this knows, that we're part of the transformation team for the planet, that we're going through and up-leveling right now, that things are shifting. In fact, uh, Namaste Moore posted on Facebook the other day. Um, she said, did anybody just feel that shift? We just shifted into a different timeline. And I'm like, oh, that explained why." explained why my energy was splinched. I I literally had to spend like half an hour just clearing my energy field because it was blocked. And I'm like, why am I blocked? Oh, I shifted timelines. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, and why couldn't I read the timelines a week ago when all of this started and I live in a black neighborhood and I was like, "Um, are we going to have to flee? Right? Because... That was a possibility. We we had go bags packed and our cars were set up for fast exit. Thankfully, there wasn't a problem in our neighborhood. But, you know, I was looking at the, at the probability lines and I had no idea whether or not anything was going on. It took me a long time to find the probability lines. And that's because we were in the midst of shifting from one timeline to another. And so, you know, there's a lot going on right now. A lot. And there's going to be a lot more, guys. You need to be prepared. There's going to be a lot more. The next few months are going to be tumultuous, and they're going to be interesting. In the way of the Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. So buckle up. And it is never going to be more important to be in your power than it will be in the next few months. Really, Pay attention to where your power is in any given moment. If you feel powerless, you have given your power away. If you feel righteous anger, you have given your power away. You have given your power away. If you're in your victim, you need to be able to call your power back to you and keep it with you because it's going to be necessary. And the people who speak with authority and strength and solidness are the ones who are going to be heard. And you want to be that person speaking from your power. In addition, I want you to pay attention to the fact that we have a tendency, having been trained in childhood, not to pay attention to our own needs and our own safety and our own well-being. We have had training that says, oh, it doesn't matter if it's dangerous. I want you to start paying attention to whether or not it's dangerous because we need you to stay here. We need you on the planet. And taking unnecessary risks with your lives is not in the cards. In Richmond here, people are protesting in their cars, There are people who are participating in the walking protests in their cars, and that's to stay safe. I encourage you to do what you can without exposing yourself to coronavirus risk. I encourage you to do what you can without exposing yourself to violence. Please, please pay attention to this. We want you to stay safe. There are many ways you can make a difference from your phone from your email, from a Zoom call. There are many ways for you to participate that do not require you to put yourself and your life at risk. So please pay attention to that.
1: There's a lot happening. Yeah. The astrology behind all of this right now is also interesting timing. Really? We've got new moons with eclipses and we've got things in retrograde and all of this is probably adding a little fuel to the fire as it were with regards to people emotionally and energetically. so
0: Yeah, well, we we are in the apocalypse, if you recall. It started September 27th, 2015, according to biblical scholars, based on astrological conjunctions that happened and astrological occurrences. So, you know, this is the apocalypse and shit's going to get real.
1: Be safe is really... Kind of important here, both in, in where you're sending your power and also where you're sending your person right now, whether it's coronavirus or just putting yourself in a, a dangerous situation. Yeah. Just be safe and and be strong and be smart.
0: And if you are confused, uh, if you don't know where to turn, I'm here. Reach out. Come into the, the Facebook group for the podcast after party or message me on Facebook or email me at kelly at Kellysparta.com or call me it's just any way you need to reach out and you know get some direction i'm here if you're running an activist group and you're trying to figure out how to make change i'm here and i'm available if you want to talk about it i'm happy to strategize with you no charge
1: that's Just a great Just call
0: offer. me, okay? Yeah.
1: How are things going in the inner peace group? Are you feeling a lot of this there as well?
0: Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because the reason that I came on and did this is because it was the entire topic of our last call. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was feeling out of control and they were feeling like, ah, I want to do something. I want to make a difference. And they're noting that, you know, some of the work that they've been doing has really been helping them be more solid in the process. And, yeah. you know, there was even a discussion about how do you find peace within yourself when you know you have privilege that you haven't explored. Yeah. You know, that was the topic of conversation as well. There's so much, it's such a rich conversation and it's such a deep conversation and I feel qualified to talk about the change aspect of it. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, being a white woman, I clearly state, I don't have the perspective needed to have the conversation from the other side of the equation. And so what I try to do is I try to offer what I can from my perspective, while acknowledging that the other side of the coin is a very different perspective. If you want to get a glimpse into it, there's a movie from the nineties called white man's burden, and it starred John Travolta and Sidney Poitier. And it was brilliant Mm -hmm. for illustrating what it is like to be a person of color in white america
1: yeah white privilege exists whether people want to admit it or not it does
0: yeah and if you if you have any doubts watch that movie and it will change your entire perspective
1: yeah kelly as always this is interesting stuff and it's super relevant right now and hopefully everybody is being safe out there with everything that's going on Did you want to wrap up with anything in terms of what we've been talking about?
0: Stay safe. Stay safe and pay attention to where your power is. You know, try not to worry. Uh, that, That would be the other thing I want to say is don't worry. Don't get all angsty and upset and worried about what's going to come. Instead, focus on the fact that you have managed to survive countless things in your life and you will figure this one out too.
1: Giving some of your focus to the bigger issues is wonderful. Don't lose yourself in them. Don't lose yes. your your power in them. But it's wonderful for people of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages to join hands together here and show a united front because this is something that needs that.
0: And empaths, please stop trying to feel other people's pain yeah. on this one. That is not going to help anybody to sit there and say, well, but I need to empathize with them. No, they don't need your empathy. They need you to use your white privilege to fix it. Just fix it.
1: And it doesn't help when you are, as you start to try to feel into everybody else's pain, if you become paralyzed by it, because it's very, it's very possible. We're all feeling that everybody who has any empathy ability at all, you're feeling it whether you want to or not. So it's a matter of being able to manage it because it's, it's, overwhelming. There's so much hurt right now. There's so much pain.
0: Yeah. Give yourself a limit for how much news you consume in a day. I would say 15 minutes, because if you're doing more than 15 minutes a day, you're going to be mired in it and it's not good.
1: All right. Well, this has been fun again, and interesting. I don't know that I call it fun, but it's definitely (laughs) been interesting and and informative, for sure.
0: This was a really serious episode, Joey. And I know it wasn't nearly the the wild romp that we normally do, but serious times call for serious episodes. And that's just sort of the nature of the beast. Absolutely.
1: Well, that is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye. Home
0: and my love and my life and me. are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com. And find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.